0: Perspective on the hottest topics in the league. So check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, the DraftKings YouTube channel, or wherever you listen to podcasts.
1: When you buy Kroger brand products, you
2: feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste, or you get your money back.
1: slash compatibility.
0: What's up? This is Michael Rapport. You are now listening to the I Am Rapport Stereo Podcast. On today's podcast, me and G. Moody, whose last name rhymes with duty, are bullying the bullies. It's playoff season. I break down my long hatred of LeBron. I break down in detail the real reason why I can't stand LeBron Blames. Bill Maher attacked Andy Cohen on live TV. One of the great stick men of all time just had a son. We have some wacky, wonderful, sick fucks of the week. Some of them go beyond the sick fuck of the week. And we have special guest, freestyling fanatic Chris Webby, MC Chris Webby, the rapper, is on the show. We're talking about rap, being a white rapper port versus being a white rapper and so much more. And Chris Webby Drop some motherfucking banger. Drop some heat on the I Am Rappaport Stereo podcast live in the gloom tomb. It's the I Am Rappaport Stereo podcast coming up next with G Moody, whose last name rhymes with duty, and special guest, my man, Chris Webby. Miles, Jordan, let me get something funky. All right, we're here. it's the I am Rappaport Stereo Podcast. Have no fear. The I am Rappaport Stereo Podcast is here. We are back bullying the bullies. My name is Boom Boom Rappaport, aka the Gringo Mandingo, aka the Jake Lamada of podcasting. I'm here with G Moody, whose last name rhymes with duty. That's true. You are now rocking with the best, C.I.M. Rappaport stereo podcast coming live and
1: direct.
0: Um, How
1: you feeling, Mr. Moody? Man, I feel fantastic, man. Uh, Just enjoying life, having a good time with playoffs, enjoying all this. You know, this is our time of year, man.
0: Oh, this is our time of year. It's the NBA playoffs. Uh, Things aren't really going so good for your your sort of outlandish prediction you made the other day. Uh, Thus far, Golden State is beating the shit out of the San Antonio Spurs. (laughs) Uh, But it is early. It's a lot of basketball to play. It's very early. But listen, we have to relish. We have to relish certain things while they last. And of course, this is a, a, a beautiful, straightforward, segue into the fact that LeBron James lost his very first game one in a playoff series, which is hard to believe. That's very impressive. But the Cleveland Cavaliers are down one game to nothing. One game to nothing to the Indiana Pacers, even I, in my daily NBA predictions. And you can find my daily NBA predictions uh, on my Twitter and on my Instagram and on my Instagram story and my Facebook, and my Snapchat, every, everything is Michael Rappaport. There's no underscore Michael Rappaport. There's no underscore Michael underscore Rappaport. It's all at Michael Rappaport. Um, I was excited. I was thrilled. I have to be honest, G. Moody, LeBron James and the Cleveland Cavaliers looking like shit in the game one of the Indiana Pacers' first round of the series— Albeit he has he came back from three to one in the finals, and I'm not saying he can't do it. I'm just saying, listen, they look like shit. They can't play defense. <laughs> they have a brand new team. Okay. Tristan Thompson, and we're gonna get to this motherfucker, played two minutes. Two minutes in game one. They're in trouble. They're not winning the fucking championship. You, you, I'll give you this. Do you want to pull out your prediction? Do you want to change it? I'll give you one opportunity to change it now. Do you want to change your prediction that you said the Cleveland Cavaliers will win the finals? This is my one and only opportunity for you to, to, for you to change it.
1: No, I got them to do it. I'm a man of my convictions, B. I, I keep it, I say it, and this is what it is. And remember, I've been correct more times than uh, wrong. Not Not true. That's that's no. just not true. Three, uh, remember for, for, when they was down 3-1 and you was like you was I don't think we were podcasting then. Yes, were we, we were. Were we even
0: podcasting then?
1: Yes, we were. It's on record. We would uh, okay. you you predicted that they were going to win. You was like, "Get the fuck out of here." And look what happened. They okay. came back. So like okay. LeBron said in the press conference, "I've been down 3-1 in the finals." What the hell is uh-huh. one game?
0: Yeah, that was that was the finals when the the Phantom Draymond Green dick kick he single-handedly LeBron James didn't even know he didn't even know that Draymond Green flailed the kick at his shorts it didn't kick him in the loaf he didn't connect with his with his loaf he connected with the shorts he wasn't even aware of it because he didn't get if he had kicked him in the in his piece he would have leaned over the way every single man does when you get hit if it's a light tap Or a kick. You're going to bend over. If you look at the tape when Draymond Green flailed his foot at LeBron, probably an attempt to kick him. He did not connect. He did not connect. LeBron James wasn't even aware of the attempted kick. That being said, listen, it's over. They won. He was brilliant in that series. And he still He was incredible. Yeah. Well, he's still brilliant. But you know what? Uh, This isn't isn't boxing. This isn't uh, singles tennis. This is basketball. And you need a team. Okay. Yeah. And 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 you know what the thing is, Gerald? This is the thing. This is this is why no bullshit. No bullshit. The other day when they lost that game one, I had a fucking pep in my step and I said, this is this literally, I, I swear to God, I literally felt like it was Christmas. And I was like, this is why I love the fucking NBA. Eight. Okay, <laughs> this is why I, I I can't stand this motherfucker. And and listen, we've there's been, I have to explain it once again. I, I feel like yearly, every year, this time of year, we have to go over this. Okay, and I'm gonna try to I'm gonna try to change it a little bit this year for you fucks. All right. The hate shaming, the mad shaming that goes on, the protective custody that LeBron James lives in with these millennial fucking babies. Every year when I come out of the woodworks, this year I'm wearing my Wasteland jersey every single day. Okay? I have a custom, one-of-a-kind Wasteland jersey, NBA material, number 23. My guy hooked it up for me, and we are bringing back the gorgeous Wasteland t-shirt. All Buttersoft I Am Rappaport Stereo Podcast t-shirts are available. The new Wasteland number 23 t-shirt, along with the Stickman t-shirt, along with the sucker Shit t-shirt, mm-hmm. along with the entire Buttersoft I Am Rapport Stereo Podcast t-shirts are available at districtlines.com forward slash I Am Rappaport. But you, too, can wear a Wasteland t-shirt alongside me every single day. Uh, the Cleveland Cavaliers play. You can get your fucking Wasteland t-shirt and cheer. Take it off. Wear it on your head. Pick up your dog shit with it. Do whatever the fuck you want to do with it. Districtlines.com forward slash I am Rappaport. The entire Buttersoft I am Rappaport podcast t-shirt collection is available there. I don't know what the fuck I started saying. Oh, with the LeBron James. The LeBron James. Every single year. Of course, when they lost, what am I going to do, Gerald? What, what am I going to do? I don't know. You, you, it's, it's like clockwork. They lose I go on social media. Yeah, it's like fucking, I don't know why people are surprised. Like, oh, you're talking shit again. Duh, motherfucker. Duh. Uh-huh. You knew it was coming. They lost the first game at home. I'm not going to, of course I'm talking shit. I'm talking shit for two days. I'm talking shit when they win. I'm talking shit when they, I. I talk shit no matter what this fucking guy does. Because I can't stand this motherfucker. <laughs> and no, it's not because he was a hand job when he met my kids, okay, that was the icing on the cake, no, it's not because he's never ever entered an NBA slam dunk contest, no, it's not because he single-handedly destroyed the competitive culture of the NBA with his big three banana boat bullshit, the sole and only and most important reason why I hate LeBron fucking James as a basketball player. I don't have to say what he's a great person he is. I don't. Do I, did anybody say how great of a person I am? No one points that out. We're talking about him as a basketball player. We know he's a great father. We know he's a great person. We know he's a great leader. We know he's a great role model. But I'm talking about him as a fucking basketball player. The reason why I can't stand this fuck this overcoiffed, bearded fuck is because he's great. There, I fucking said it. But nobody batted an eye. No one said a fucking word to me through his entire NBA career. I fucking heckled and screamed at Larry Joe Bird, the fucking hit from French Lick, my favorite white person with no lips. Everybody outside of Boston couldn't stand that motherfucker. Did you ever have to explain hate for Larry Bird? Gerald, you know, it was like self-explanatory, correct? Yep. Correct?
1: I hear you. I'm saying, yeah.
0: Fucking Dan Marino, he's down there with his beautiful hair and his blue eyes and his Pittsburgh fucking swag, and he's down there throwing touchdowns to Mark Duper, and he, fucking Miami, couldn't stand this motherfucker. Hated him. Joe Montana with his fucking dimples. And his bullshit, his San Francisco 49ers, and his culprit, his number one dude, Jerry Rice, that couldn't stand these motherfuckers, needed no explanation. Michael Jordan, Reggie Miller, that snaggletooth cocksucker Reggie Miller, he drank hate smoothies for breakfast. He lived. The the, the hate, the venom that came from the NBA fans across the country, specifically in New York City, that pushed him To all-time great levels. No one batted an eye. Even Kobe hate. Nobody bats an eye. Kanye hate. Nobody bats an eye. But for some reason, with LeBron fucking James, why are you hating? Don't hate the king. Don't hate. Appreciate. Don't hate. Congratulate. Fuck you. All good things come to an end and it's, it's coming to an end this fucking year. I sat there and watched. Do not let G Moody, whose last name rhymes with duty, do not let him fool you. We sat there together on the couch while this fucking guy had a pep rally when he went to Miami. I sat there with G Moody. I'll never forget it. The fireworks, yeah, the fucking parade. I was the offended. Fucking the cheerleaders, the whole thing. Not two, not three, not six. He got not three. Seven. Fuck you. He, fuck you. He succeeded. Fuck.
1: Yo, listen, you fuck. He's, you were right there. You you were like, this is some bullshit. I was Who offended. You were you were offended. Because it was the ushering in of a new thing. And I, I was like, damn, they're giving pep rallies, motherfuckers getting traded, and now uh they give a parade. And and this motherfucker talk about winning eight championships. I was offended by that. So Yeah, but I, now I, you're back on his Bozak. I Why are you on the Bozak? But I'm saying greatness is greatness. So at some point you begin to look ridiculous hating on such a great player.
0: Gerald, did you ever see me cheering for Michael Jordan when he came to the garden? And and you were no. dumb, and you a dumb motherfucker for not cheering.
1: No. Because I damn that. sure
0: was. <laughs> fuck you. You were. you this cocksucker! I think I have pictures. Gerald went out of his way and spent about ninety dollars on a pair of uh, NBA Chicago Bulls shorts. Word. He was he, this guy was on Michael Jordan's Bozak Hardbody Karate. Yo,
1: yo, I, I, yo! I, Mike was something else, man. So I,
0: I know he was great. I know he's fantastic. But part of sports, it's one of the only safe places in the entire world, especially the world we live in now, where you get to hate within the confines of your own home, and nobody gets hurt. Of course I hated that fuck Michael Jordan. I couldn't stand that motherfucker the way he abused my New York Knicks. I didn't cheer for that fucking guy when he came into the garden and scored his double nickel. Oh. I didn't cheer for him when he ca- I was at the game when he came back to the garden when he played for the Washington Wizards. I gave him a little, you know, a little casual ovation just because he was back in the NBA, but I didn't want to see him beat my Knicks. Mm-mm. Fuck him! Fuck them, nah. And everybody, oh, why are you hating LeBron James? Nah.
1: It's over. It's fucking over. It ain't that over. You said that. You that bumped, last time. If if you said he the gets same bumped shit in Indiana in the first th- round. One, one game. Fucking. Of course they hype. Of course, uh, Lance and them they hype. Lance know what time it is. Deep down, he knows. Like, yo, we got one, but yo, I got one before, and I never got past this round with this guy. So, yo. One game ain't shit, man. You know, look who you're talking about. Look who the fuck you I, talking about. This is an all-time great one game, oh, and you gassed listen. up.
0: Listen, listen, I'm not expecting them to lose this first round. I predicted them to win the series, but I've been wrong before. <laughs> so have you. You fuck you. Uh. And a couple of weeks ago, your boy LeBron James, he, uh, he he's trying to sue uh, Nick Saban for for his show. Yeah. Shop or talk shop or shop talk takes place in a barbershop. I went on a classic already viral rant about this when it happened. Right. It was discussed all over sports media. Ha! He tried to sue Nick Saban. Now somebody's turning around and suing LeBron James. See, this is what the fuck you get. This this what see this what you get. See, <laughs> you're not gonna be able to dominate. This show business place. There's other sharks out here, and they don't need to be able to jump high or dribble behind their back or dribble with their left hand and go right and shoot the fadeaway oh. and the turnaround. Oh, you all oh. motherfuckers out here they see you ain't come up with this whole barbershop concept, and now your ass is getting sued too. And and that welcome to show business, motherfucker. I'm glad it happened because he has no right trying to claim shows or segments, or show segments that take place in barbershops. That Nick Saban thing is some cornball, whack, Akron, Ohio, corny shit. Mm. You're not the king of Hollywood, Duke. Leonardo DiCaprio claimed that shit when he was on the front of the Titanic. I'm the king of the world. Keep that shit to the basketball court. Now he got a lawsuit coming at him. This is what happens when you open up that can of uh, lawsuits.
1: Yes. Yes.
0: Um... I wanted to talk about this. What else is going on? I want to give a shout-out to Consummate Stickman. Stickman down, Stickman down. I'll say it one more time. Stickman down. Congratulations to friend of the Iron Rap Report Stereo Podcast. John Stamos just had his first son. I'm sure it'll be a strong son. I'm sure if he looks like John Stamos, watch out, ladies. That's his first kid? That's his first kid. This guy's been piping Damn. chicks out.
1: Yo, he's... A low-key underrated stick man. They should have I mean, some type of Oscar, like a, a another category, because he conducted himself in the best way. Because I thought that motherfucker would have at least five kids. Nah, he he kept it funky. He yeah. kept it funky respectable. and respectable. So I want to yo give a shout out to
0: uh to to t- Johnny Stamos. Yeah, John Steezy, man. Yeah, John Stizzle, <laughs> swinging that dizzle like <laughs> like he knows what it is. <laughs> Um, going back to a uh, Cleveland Cavaliers. So Chloe, Chloe Kardashian, uh, fortunately she had a healthy uh, baby girl with her boo, Tristan Thompson, right. who uh, hasn't uh, performed very well in the playoffs thus far. Um, and I want to give a shout out to a a friend of mine on on Instagram. She was sort of going. I was thinking the exact same thing, and she inspired this. Uh, you can't turn a Chloe. Into a housewife, a segment that we're about to do here. You get it. You can't turn a Chloe yeah,
1: uh-huh, yeah.
0: into a housewife. Yeah, I can. Um, so this this girl Allie, I wanted to give her a shout out, but uh, you know, because Khloe Kardashian, you know, she's the originator of all the fly shit. You know, she's fly and all that bullshit. <laughs> they named her, they named her daughter True, True Thompson. Oh, the irony uh, of that name.
1: Oh yeah, and, and, and oh yeah,
0: the irony of a, of a Kardashian being who, named True with pictures of her ass collapsing on the beach. And true it is true that your daddy is is a hoe, at one point some might consider uh your mom uh she she's been around the block too. Oh, and it is true that your your aunt, your auntie Kim, she made a sex tape and the whole the whole clan got famous. Oh, and it is true that your other aunt, uh uh Kylie had a baby right before you were born and let me tell you we all think it's true that the father of that baby is Tyga, mm. who had a baby with dreams, mommy. Yes, baby, true. That is all, in fact, very true. It's true that your grandmother uh, coulda, shoulda, woulda been your grandfather. Your grandfather, Bruce, who's now your grandmother, Caitlin, used to be an Olympic athlete with a hairy chest and ran circles around people all around the world. Uh, uh, and he was on the cover of Sports Illustrated doing that. But he was most recently on the cover of Vanity Fair in lipstick and a dress. And your grandfather, Bruce, is now your grandmother, Caitlin. All that is true. Mm-hmm. Um, welcome. Welcome to the world. I wish you a, a healthy, safe uh, you know, first few months of your life. Uh, and good luck. And enjoy the rest while you can because you are... You are 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 mixed up in a very interesting, albeit very loving family, uh, but there's going to be a lot of a uh, a lot of truth to the some of the stuff that you're you're going to be dealing. <laughs> with.
1: You like that? Yeah, that's good. Uh, Thank you. Thank you. <clears throat> yeah, that girl. Hope she don't turn into a fucking basket case. But uh,
0: nah, man, it's a lot to deal with that fucking family. A, a true Thompson. I, I I wish I had her uh, an address. I would send a, a baby blanket. Um. Uh, what else is going on here? So I saw this. I'm not an Elvis Presley guy. Like, I fuck with Elvis. Like, I, I, I fuck with him in general. Mm-hmm. But I highly recommend... I saw this Elvis documentary on HBO called Elvis the Searcher. It's a very in-depth documentary about his career. And, and it just showed what um what an artist he was. The documentary focuses on the artistry. Of Elvis and and the passion of the artist and and what a fucking life you know you you, I really recommend this this documentary called Elvis the searcher on HBO it's a two-part documentary and the crazy things that I'll I'll tell you about this documentary that reminded me is that Elvis got so famous so fast he was so big was so popular you know, selling records. You know, he was, a. you know, women would literally piss. Literally, they would piss themselves watching him in concert. Uh-huh. Um, Elvis was that dude, man. He was that dude. The controversy, the sexuality, you know, the innuendos. Um, this was a white dude singing gospel slash country slash r music to all white audiences, young, young white kids. There's nothing to compare it to at the time. He got so fucking big there was no roadmap for the kind of fame at the time that Elvis, the heights that he went to, there were, like he he was way bigger than like Frank Sinatra's probably the only person you could compare it to at the time. Yeah. You know, the Beatles came along, and then of course the Jackson Five, and then Michael Jackson, and then Madonna, and then Prince, and all these other shows. But Elvis was the first. That's why they call him the king. Um, and a crazy fucking life. And um, This documentary just breaks it all down. Um, And, you know, like he loved gospel music. And the movie just keeps going back to, you know, like through all the tumultuous times in his life, the ups and downs in his career. Because there was a period of time in in the mid-60s when rock and roll came in and the Beatles came in where he got cold, like he wasn't as hot as he used to. And then there was the whole Vegas. And then, you know, there was the king had left the building phase. And then there was the drugs. And then, of course, he died quickly. Um, But it talks about how just like, the church and gospel music and black music, but country music and, um, you know, that gospel music, that church music just was a huge influence to him. And whenever things went awry, he would make songs and he would put out songs inspired by that gospel music was what he and blues music was what he grew up on and what he first sort of spoke to him.
1: And um, one thing, the musicians, the black musicians from that time that he was around... He Elvis Presley always gave it up to those guys, and he didn't try to steal shit and be like, "Yo, this is me and this and that." He he was influenced by a lot of those blues artists, yeah. And he he made that known, so that that I give him great props for that, cause he could have cause those those artists wasn't getting no shine, and and he could have said, "Yo, this is all me or whatever," but he made it a point. To try to give shine to those black artists that that in Yeah, English yeah. Shit.
0: And one of the things you know, like through hip hop and a lot of lyrics in hip hop, they kind of misconstrued that because people like yo, Elvis didn't do. He never right. said he invented rock and roll. He right. was never saying like I created this shit. Right. And and I think you know over time, you know we forget just you know like also it's, it's before our you know I'm I'm you know this is a different era. Right. But this this dude was, he was. Yo, like they said in the movie, there was no roadmap for for the kind of fame that he had, yeah. And Elvis. they were just sort of managing it as it happened. So I, I, rec- I highly recommend this documentary uh, on HBO called Elvis: The Searcher. Um, it was it was dope. I didn't I didn't steer anybody wrong with with the Wild Wild Country, and I know a lot of people are still checking that out. Um, James Harrison, Debo, New England Patriot. Yeah. Uh, you know he obviously controversial season this year. Retired, announces retirement. Trying to get him on the I Am Rapport Stereo Podcast. We've been talking. I just got to find time to get him
1: on here. Oh, man. Hell yeah. James Harrison. Congratulations on a great
0: career. And just, you know, his workouts, all his his Instagram shit is, is just Off the one chain. of a kind.
1: Yeah, Good, Great um, career. Good. Got Super Bowls. MVP. He got an iconic play when he ran. You know, remember he ran it back against um, Arizona with that yep. interception. So, man, great career, man. And New England is falling apart. Uh, so all those New England fans that are so a, a customary Super Bowls, it's about to be over. Oh, that'd be great! It's about it. Really, is because everybody's chirping. You heard with Danny Amendola, he said, "Yeah, yeah. he was like, yeah, it's it's, it's tough, man. He uh, Belichick could be an asshole, man. It's tough out there. Everybody's talking now. It's it's over. <laughs> I, I I think you, you're tripping if you think it's over." It's, you, got a, you got a
0: forty-one-year-old quarterback. He outplayed the other quarterback in the Super Bowl. His numbers were comparable. He had like five hundred yards in the Super Bowl. They but, just lost. But wasn't he like took,
1: he didn't. Wasn't like it was because of Tom Brady. They just lost that game. I'm, I'm saying, yo, with a forty-one-year-old under center, anything you get hit, you it's over for you. So if you playing with that, the odds are, yo, it's over sooner than later. Over. Um. I don't think
0: I think they're gonna be doing their thing this year. I think you, you saying that the Patriots are over right now is as crazy as me saying that it's totally over uh for the Cavaliers and All LeBron right. James. All Same right. thing. Um I saw something crazy on Friday, uh the other day, last Friday on the Bill Maher show. Um what the fuck is the name of his show? Uh um whatever the Bill Maher HBO show is. My man Andy Cone was on there. And uh Bill Maher. Yo, if this had happened on any other if this had happened on Fox News and Andy Cohen or another gay guest had come on there and the amount of jokes and the amount of sort of uh cracks that the host, this time being Bill Moore, made against a gay guest, it would be all over the fucking news. Mm-hmm. It would be a huge controversy and rightfully so. Bill Moore, Mr. Open-minded, Mr. Liberal, Mr. fucking you know, thinks he knows every single fucking thing in the world. Was so rude to Andy Cohen. Made so many gay jokes mm. to Andy Cohen. Like, yo, Andy Cohen's on the show. It's a political show. He's just it'd be it, like if he was doing this to a black dude. Like if he was like, oh, but you're black, this and mm-hmm. or or an Asian dude. Like, oh, well, what about stereotype the,
1: shit? Yeah, yo,
0: it was crazy. I'm uh, Miles Jordan. Play this clip.
2: You're just excited that there's a couple of shows you don't have to work on. That's it, true. Okay? But, I mean, you you are like the gay Ryan Seacrest. You just... Have you... <laughs> Wait, is that... I don't know what you want me to do with that. Um, Paul Ryan, is he cute? No, I'm kidding about that. <laughs> no, I want...
0: Imagine that went down with, with somebody on Fox News, or imagine Bill Maher did that to an Asian person, or imagine Bill Moore did that to a Latin person. It'd be over. Yo. For some reason, like Andy Cohen handled it well. For some reason, I, I, I don't know what the fuck it is. Like, this guy's a, you know, Mr. Liberal. He's like one of the most liberal spokespeople, one of the most outspoken liberals in the world. And, and I agree with a lot of the shit he said, but this dude be talking out the side of his ass. Like, him... Talking to Andy Cohen like that, like,
1: that was crazy to me. And, and I'm surprised it didn't catch on more. And that's that's liberal, right? He's doing that shit, right? But it's, it's hypocritical shit. Always. Always. But if, if that went on at Fox, he would have a whole show devoted to that. It was bugged out. Yeah. Uh, finally,
0: before we get to the uh, award-winning Sick Fuck of the Week segment uh the golden state warriors who uh, will go on to win uh versus the uh san antonio spurs in the first round unless unless i don't know something david robbins is going to have to come back and tim dunk is going to have to come back because cuz they're playing well gee did you see nick young aka swaggy p show up to the first game of the nba playoffs in a bathrobe a house coat and some and some a what a house coat yo they dragged all those nba players in the 90s allen iverson being the face
1: of <laughs> being the face of, of this this what is it called the dress code in the yeah, nba the dress policy remember I, I, we said this 2 years ago go ahead and nick young shows up to the playoffs on a brand new team
0: in a fucking in a, in a bathrobe and what looked like some fucking boxer shorts. Yeah. If I was Steve Kerr, I would have made that motherfucker do some laps around the gym in his bathrobe and his boxer shorts and sent them the fuck home. Yeah. Like, yo, this is the playoffs, Duke. <laughs> I don't know if you understand what it's like to win or not win right. or, or or do what we're trying to do in, in, in Golden State. We're trying to win rings and things. Word. And you show up in a fucking bathrobe. Yo. And my man, that's disrespectful not only to the Golden State Warriors, it's disrespectful to Allen Iverson and all the other
1: players that got stereotyped for rocking the Tims, the Durags, and the heavy rope chains. It's disrespectful to me as a fan because I want to see the imagery of seriousness. That's why we like ball because it had like a drama to it. Imagine if Dr. J came in in lingerie. <laughs> Well, well, how would we how would we view that? Would it be like, yo, what kind of game is this? This is a clown yeah. show. So Yeah, he looked fucking nuts. And then they they ostracized Alan Iverson for wearing jeans. So so Adam Silver, why don't you take control of the league? If it's a policy on dress, how can this guy come in with boxer shorts and a house coat? This award is earned, not given. It's called the sick fuck of the
0: week. This guy's really sick. Lock him up. How could you do it? Don't let him out. Damn. You You fucked the dog? You what? You fucked the dog? Why would you fuck the dog? Why would you fuck your girlfriend's dog? What Sick fuck. The sick fuck of the week. It's earned. Earned. Not given. You did what? No. 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 You hear the music. That is the sick Fuck of the week theme song, uh, the award-winning sick fuck of the week. I want to thank all the fans who have been sending the sick fuck of the week suggestions, including my man Mike on Instagram, who is now truly the sick fuck of the week whisperer. Um, so let's just jump right into it. Let's just jump right into it, Moody. I got a bunch of sick fucks and I want to share them with you and the people. All right. In Thailand. In Thailand, a 51-year-old man was arrested for kicking his 29-year-old Thai wife to death in a fit of jealousy in their house Damn. in Thailand. I think this guy shouldn't be the sick fuck of the week. I think we're going to have to create a segment called Beyond the Sick Fuck of the Week. <laughs> I mean, right? Like, the sick be. fuck of the week and beyond. This is just a terrible crime uh, and and this guy, hopefully, he gets what he deserves out there in Thailand. A shout out to your brother, Dean Moody, yeah, whose uh, last name also rhymes with with duty. Yep. <laughs> um, he just got back from his trip um, in, in Thailand. Yes. Uh, this uh, happened in India. I got this on the news in India today. There's a, there's a news thing called India Today. <laughs> a 65 year old woman in Goa, Goa, India, G O A, was arrested for confining and branding this sick fuck branded eight girls with a hot knife damn this is an animal a woman did this to sick to, to these little girls these, these like you know young girls branded them with a knife to try to like keep tabs on them and obviously scare them and and hurt them they caught this sick fuck and i think uh, unfortunately this might have to be uh sick fuck of the week and beyond also i mean i don't know what these people are doing out here but but uh this is just a terrible crime. Thank God they caught this sick fuck. In Trenton, New Jersey, oh, shit. an unknown sick fuck left a newborn baby in a duffel bag that was found on a porch in New Jersey. About 12 p.m. the other day, officers were called to a home on the west side of Trenton. Residents were scared to go near the duffel bag. There was noise coming out of the duffel bag. Mm. Turns out some sick fuck left a brand new baby outside on the porch. The baby is is described as a little boy who is black and or Hispanic. This sick fuck is still on the loose. If you have any tips for this, because, you know, the Iron Rapport fans and the sick fuck of the week fans are very diligent. You can call detectives at 609-989-4155. Please help
1: find this sick fuck that abandoned
0: this beautiful little baby in Trenton, New
1: Jersey. Yeah. Man, you should be put you know, you do some shit like that. Put to death. How you gonna, how you gonna apologize for that? Oh, I'm sorry I left the baby out there. <laughs> in Canada,
0: a mother and a father, a couple, they are defending. <laughs> they are defending themselves. For tackling and zip-tying a 28-year-old man they would believe that was trying to have sex with their 13-year-old daughter. Mm. They need to free these people. Yeah. If this 28-year-old sick fuck came in their home, he shouldn't even be around a 13-year-old. Good. These are these are the parents of the year. Imagine you, you caught some 28-year-old around your 13-year-old daughter. The mm. disturbing video where the whole thing was caught on tape. The parents ambushed this fuck, 28. tackled this cocksucker, Damn. tied his hands behind his back with zip ties and laid him down on his stomach. The whole thing was captured on Facebook Live. Then they called the cops. I don't think there's anything wrong, but they're, they're potentially up for charges for doing
1: this. Come on, man. No harm, no foul. Uh, you protecting your family member. That's it. Yo, I would do the same thing. I like how they did that Lawrence Taylor shit where you just, you just get up on him. Yo, 28, 13 years old? Come on, man. I, I, I'd I do worse. I'd be just sickening. Finally, in the United Kingdom, a man was
0: arrested. His Stafford Bull Terrier, dog's name is Diesel, was saved. The whole thing was caught on. on I don't know why everybody videotapes. this like they're doing something good. A guy who apparently was stoned out of his tree, probably on that ooey and or that bath salt. <laughs> the owner of a Stafford Bull Terrier um, was arrested for biting and injuring his own dog. Biting and injuring—he wasn't in a fight. With the dog wasn't attacking him. He attacked the fucking dog and started biting him.
1: <sighs> oh, <laughs> yo, I, I'm speechless. I don't know. Wh- I don't know what to say.
0: Who, who does this shit? What well, what do you have to be Imagine, imagine me going after poor little Wheezy. This would never happen.
1: Yo, yeah. You'd be so angry. But that's people are attached to their dogs. You know this. And it's like um personal relationship. They it's treat- Personal
0: it- relationship. So you're you're saying, oh, this maybe they're into some
1: freaky shit. He's no. biting his dog. The dog's not with that. People are really close to their dogs, and if you don't have another Human being, you yo, that becomes the human being. And and motherfuckers have those type of relations, man. All right, listen. It's the iron rap poor
0: stereo podcast. Coming up next, it's young rapper, Chris Webby. Told you earlier he was coming on the show. He's gonna be rocking with us on the Iron Rap Stereo Podcast. G Moody, last name rhymes with duty, Miles Jordan. Let me get something funky to bring in my man, Chris Webby. Hey! hey.
2: Chris yeah, Webby! Yeah, 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 yeah. Ha. Hey. Sway the morning, Chris Webb, you ah. What's the difference between me and you? I mean, given the state of hip hop now, like, what's the difference between me and you? A lot. <laughs> Yo. I see my peers looking nervous as that jealousy takes charge as I'm on a track like I'm assembling train cars and I just hit them with straight bars the hyenas back sway pull me out the elephant graveyard 24 straight like a younger Jack Power finally I'm on and I'm abusing that power fuck your mom against the sliding doors of her glass shower and grab her ass after hours like a Matt Lauer I'm Raps Bowser the guy at the end of the game that you'll need cheat codes to beat cause my pen is insane remember the name C-Web I spit sickly I got my competition Breathing hard is Chris Christie. I get busy, currently they ain't serving me. Get in their head like lobotomized surgery till they heard of me on a path that'll further me. Fuck rap money, I'm copping some cryptocurrency, environmentally mindful. Donate to save the elephants and yelling at people who don't recycle. I'm spiteful, out rapping each and every rival till the day I'm sitting on a title. See, I'm so dope that you gon' have to look. Beating me don't ever happen. Like Lil Yachty reading chapter books. Mr. Babadook, (laughs) I'm hopping right off of the page. Popping off like Call of Duty as I'm tossing grenades. And I'm sick of all these cats who try to defend mumble rap. These old heads just don't get it. They just some grumpy ass, out of touch, motherfucker stuck up in the fucking past. I'm not even 30 and I think that shit is fucking trash. If you're a rapper, you should fucking rap. Don't say the same thing front to back on the whole fucking track. Gucci gang, Gucci gang. Really, what the fuck is that? I'll say what everyone's thinking. Lil Pump is whack. What you gonna do? Come and battle me now Put some shit on wax, you know, like real rappers get down? But even thinking of that shit just got me laughing out loud. It only lasts one round and your ass will get clowned. The fact that you're even labeled a rapper at all dishonors. The forefathers of this whole entire genre. Sorry to diss you. There ain't no personal issue. Just had to let you know that me and Sway fucking with you. And maybe that's oh, the biggest head, difference man. between me and you. <laughs> and not just you, Pump. See, there's plenty of the dudes. Lil' what's-his-name with them face tattoos who raps like you? Yeah, fuck him too. See, I love Rap. too much to watch these young cats destroy it without speaking up it's everywhere i can't avoid it i can't hear the words when you do that with your voices maybe if i fucking understood it i'd enjoy it but jesus christ every time i'm here I'm speak i'm like yo Were you ever taught to read or write? And if not, then I feel like a jerk. And if you ever need a tutor, I'd be happy to work. But stop the beat a minute. I got something to say. Sway, I want to tell you this shit now. Why you speaking with me? I don't know if I ever told you this, but I love you, dog. You know Webby got them raps. I wrote this shit just for you. So you can rack up hella views and talk shit about people. Cause it's something to do. I'm the type of guy to go live on Shade 45 and say I hope Mike Pence dies without batting an eye. Cause fuck him. Trump's (laughs) entire cabinet can suck one. And Hillary Clinton can be their plus one. I thought we'd get change when I voted for Barack. But at this point, next time I'm voting for The Rock. My punchlines provoke them, lyricals that'll choke them. With bars so sharp, I cut through them like Logan. Hulk Hogan, rocking triple wide Trojans. You gon' leave this ring with your fucking spine broken. A rap genius, the meanest to hit your speakers. Like Eminem on his slim, shady LP shit. Jesus, I'll be killing shit till hell freezes. Turning all the doubters to believers. So, what's the difference between. Between me and you, whoa. about six adderalls, two bottles and sway's interviews. Until I get the world's respect, I suggest you run in fear, cause I am next to you. That's the difference.
0: Hey, yes. Alright, can we get test? Check, check, check. Test, test, test. Can yeah, get yeah, test? yeah, 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 yeah. Alright, Chris Webby's in the house. Hey. I am Rapport Stereo Podcast. What up? Big time shit talker yes yes I appreciate the shout out you gave me a nice shout out yes which I was flattered by yeah um on your joint you've been uh doing your things thanks for
2: rocking with me on the Iron Rap Serial Podcast absolutely man happy to be here I've been following you a long time you know since uh, Deep Blue Sea. Okay, you know? <laughs> okay, it's, it's getting fuck. I'm
0: getting old because like it's it's getting <laughs> it's getting where like people like Zebrahead is like a a movie that nobody even fucking knows. Yeah, like, yeah. You some did get like, bit mean, fuck, in half.
2: Yeah, you got bit in half, man. The leg was twitching. I remember. But that's right. uh, True Romance also another okay, okay. classic. Okay, classic okay. man. Big I appreciate. it. All right. Well, we're yeah. here to talk
0: about you, man.
2: Well, no doubt.
0: So you're you're doing your thing, man. So like I'm interested in in uh, your career because. You, you, like, every time you kick a freestyle, you sort of make waves. Yes. Or if, I don't even know if it's a freestyle. Like, we would talking, like, it's, it's like. Yeah, when I, mean, I go what on is, to what Sway. What is a freestyle? Like, it's, it's sort of thought, it's thought out. Like, when, like, when you went on Sway, this last joint, you were yes, rocking yes. on Sway over, uh, me
2: and you, right? The uh, Eminem beat? Uh, yeah, what's the difference? Yeah, yeah, from, right. uh, from 2001. Okay. Great album. Probably my favorite. Hip hop album, yeah. I want to get into this. so, but when you go and you you drop
0: these these gems, and and you said you're gonna drop something for me, which is I got you, which, which is gonna be dope. Like, what does it mean to freestyle or free, the freestyles exist. Like when you do like the thing on sway, when you rhyme on sway, is it a little bit of each or is it prepared? And I, cause I think there's nothing wrong with either or cause you were, it was, it was
2: new material. Yes. Yes. And, and so in that instance, that was prepared and I've gone on sway and going off the top of my head as well. And that is like the truest form of a freestyle. And that's something I came up doing a lot of, but I mean, when you, when you have a platform like that. You kind of, it's just like being a gladiator. You want to step in and put on a show. You know, you want to like murder everything in front of you in the most fashion forward way, you know, just, just destroy it. And, and, you know, freestyling is pretty much a lost art, like going off the top of your head. So I think in this day and age to call a free verse something, you know, if it's original and not out on a song, like, I guess that's a freestyle in modern day.
0: And for, for you writing, like, what is your process with writing? Like, like if I was like, if you're in a studio, right? And you haven't heard a beat, and you like you don't even really know what's going to go on. Like, but if you heard something that was inspiring to you, uh, and, and this was a studio and it was like, how long does it take you to write like something that's significant, something
2: that's dope, something that you could stand behind? It totally depends on the song and the material. When it comes to you know, the raw thoughts joints where I'm really shit talking, right, those kind of come about in a different way. Those come about from a list of names, really kind of like Kill Bill. Um, where I just, you know, I watch society and people piss me off. And I think, you know, talking shit about people who have it coming. You know, I'm a big fan of justice. And, you know, if I can just add a little bit of justice to the world by calling things out, not that it's going to ruin someone's life, but it might ruin their day or maybe five minutes, you uh-huh. know. But, like, that makes me smile. And, um, you know, that those songs have a slightly different process as opposed to, you know, a song in general, you know, usually the hook is where I start with, and then kind of form the bars. You start with the hook, usually, yeah, because that'll kind of set the tone for what the rest of the song is going to be. Is the hook come off of a beat? Usually, I, I got I, it starts with a beat, and sometimes I'm involved in the process of the beat making. Sometimes I'll just get a beat sent over and be like, "Oh, that's fire," you know. Um, but. Usually, yeah, get the beat and you know, just start kicking around concepts and ideas. Sometimes I have a bunch of Lucy bars just kind of like in my phone if it's that kind of song where I'm just kind of like flexing lyrically because uh-huh. that's kind of like my pocket, that's like my go to, okay. Um, but like you know, you got to have songs with substance that are about things, um, so those songs. Take a little longer, uh, require a little more thought, you know, than just kind of randomly making punchlines. Because East Coast is all about punchlines. Right. You know, I grew up in the cipher, I grew up freestyling, like for real freestyling. And being a white dude in that era, especially, that was pre everything that's going on right now. That was pre-Chris Webby. That was pre-all these guys. It really the only reference point was Eminem. So you had to be really good. And being like I came up in that it's like I had to not only be good I had to be the best and I had to really wow people with these one-liners that would just make people like oh shit you know like so that kind of transitioned into my music style where like I love punchlines you know and that's that's a very east coast thing not that other people don't have punchlines as well but I would say east coast has always been about bars and and these freestyling
0: ciphers and like being a white rapper I mean there's such a it's such a stigma it's such a. Um, there's so much that comes along with it. I mean, I'm not even a white rapper. I'm a white rapaport. and there's there's yes. a, there's a stigma of being that. But like when when you're in these freestyle and the, like these rap battles, what's the craziest sort of uh, thing you saw? Like, has it ever gotten like where whether you were involved with, or or that uh, you saw like where it just got.
2: Does it ever turn into fighting and shit? Well, yeah. I mean, and there's the big difference, too. There, There's just, like, freestyling in a cypher, which is competitive, but it's not battling. Battling is its own thing. And I did used to battle back in the day, but not like the modern-day battle circuits that they have now Do
0: they, is it still going on oh like yeah
2: th- and it's it's like evolved dramatically it's all acapella and it's like it's like very uh it's like spoken word it's like kind of slam poetry it's all about delivery body motion so it, it's a skill set that at a certain point i realized like that wasn't gonna be my specialty i wanted to make music i used to battle people when it would be like i'm at a party some other dude's at a party who says he raps and we'd be like let's battle, throw a beat on. And it was really like on the spot, maybe have like five, 10 minutes to like get your thoughts together. But what it's turned into now, it's like, I mean, you have these these verses for weeks. You're you're focused on your opponent for weeks. You know who you're going to battle. Yeah, Yes, usually, usually. They do have tournaments where it's like a random pick, but it's like, it's really intense. The stakes are too high for my blood. I got um, you. And I learned this back in the day when I had a battle and
0: now i want to wait i want to stop you because i want to you remember what you're saying back in the day we have about every person that comes on this podcast and i seem to be all by myself i say back in the days because it's a whole bunch of days it's weeks yeah this is maybe less days yeah (laughs) because but everybody and every time i brought this up everybody is always says day you're a back in the day person this is like oh seven no but i'm saying the term back in the day or back in the days, because I say back in the days. Oh, I say the day,
2: because I, I, I guess I think of a specific 24 hour period when I, when I okay. have All these right. thoughts. Because every, every, every
0: guest of the Iron Rapport Stereo podcast, I'm, I'm a lone wolf with this. Yeah. I say back in the days, everybody else seems to be saying back in the day.
2: Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I, there's a bunch of days. There it are weird days. Months. Yeah, like large like sections of days. Just something put to think about. Just
0: something to think about. And yeah. also, Tribe Cold Quest, uh, check the run Back in the days on the Boulevard of Linden. Days. Yeah, I would say grammatically,
2: you're right. Honestly. That's probably the first time anyone's ever said grammatically I'm right. Yeah, I mean, I I was, like, very good at English. Actually, my last name is Webster. I'm related to the dictionary people very oh, loosely but I love to kind of flex that being that I make my money with words. That's dope. So it was kind of cool. All right, so sorry for the interruption. Okay, so go ahead. So back in the day, so yeah, so I had this battle, right? And since I was good at battling people on the spot at all these parties, you know, I just thought I was going to demolish everything in front of me. So, set up a battle um and I thought I was just going to walk in there and freestyle. And this is how I kind of learned how modern day battling was going. This guy was prepared as fuck. You know, he had all his verses ready. And I was just going to kind of go in there and wing it. And that did not work. And I totally like B-Rabbit choked like a motherfucker And then I ended up punching him in the face, um, Uh which is the only time I've ever punched someone in the face. I'm not like a punch someone in the face type of person at all. It just happened in the moment. That's how high the stakes are in a rap battle. I got you. I literally was in a spiral of depression after that and like questioned every element of my life. If I want to do this, it ended up being a good thing and it it fueled me. And I took all of that negative energy and, and used it to get back up and repurpose myself for what I am now. Because I, I love music, man. I love watching the battlers. I, I follow a lot of them, uh-huh. Disaster. Some of these guys, the, the Canadian League is out of control. It's called King of the Dot, and they're it's really, really crazy. They're and, into it. Oh, yeah, and, and these guys are insane at that specific thing. And I realized, like, you know, I'm not a Swiss Army knife. I'm going to focus on a few realms of hip-hop, because that's a very different one, you know what I, I mean? I got you. Because there's enough differences between writing a song, performing, you know, doing press and interview. Like there's a lot of skills that you have to learn just in a normal rapper lifespan, as opposed to battle rapping, which is like its own fucking thing.
0: I got you. Um, all right. So uh, let me jump back to the burden. I'll just call it the burden of being a white rapper. The burden of being, let me, let me try to even articulate. I've never like spoke about this publicly. I've thought about this. Like the burden of being a white rapper, like, there's you. We were talking before we started. Like all the white rappers now. There's tons of them. There's Post Malone. There's our friend Mike Stud. Um, there's fucking obviously. There's Eminem. There's MC Search. There's fucking well now. There's
2: like a, there's a tons million. Of them. Yeah, yeah. Like
0: yeah. it's not like it. I mean, but but there is that sort of like it's almost like if you're you know playing streetball. Like there's like what the fuck you got? But with hip
2: hop, it's even more because there's there's been. It's, it's not It wasn't created by white people. Right. You know, so you have to respect it. You know, and I, I, I'm big on respect across the board. I right. was raised Italian. Respect your elders. You're Italian? Yes. Okay. Uh, on my mother's side, she's okay. full-blooded, and I was raised mostly on that side. So I think it's really important to respect what came before you. Right. And respect what you do. You know, like this... This game that I'm in was built long before I got into it. Right. And, you know, I'm going to do my own thing and interpret it in my own way. Right. I came from, you know, the middle class suburbs of Connecticut, not your average hip hop story. Right. But at the same time, I feel like I respect the game a lot more than most of these kids coming out right now. And I know my history a lot more than these kids. And, you know, it's, it's important, you know. But these white kids, there's a lot now, and Is it, there it's tons changed. Of them? Where yeah. are
0: they? Like, like on tour? Like Europe? all over, man,
2: all over. There's, there, there it, really. It was like there were none. Eminem came out and left just like a huge crater in the ground that nothing could grow in for like. Over a decade. Uh, and then it was really Asher Roth was like oh, right. the first one to kind of reopen the door. And I slipped in pretty much right after that, except I took the independent route. And it's been a very long journey from there. So a lot of guys have come blown up. Some of them have come and gone in the time that I've just continued this slow ascension.
0: Do the white rappers get along? Like, do the, do the youthful, you, you guys are youthful. Do the youthful white rappers get along? Like, I used to say this. I'll tell you a funny story. When, when, when I was growing up in New York City, we'd go to the clubs. The rooftop, I never saw a search at the rooftop. But Union Square Latin quarters, I would. this is before he was MC Search. Yeah. We're 16, 15, 16. I saw MC Search, I didn't know who he was. Just a white kid with, he had real curly hair, Glasses, similar to what you do, and he—he he would just a little. Like I would dress, you know, everybody would dress, but he was a little. He was flamboyant. He saw me, I saw him. I knew who he was. He knew who I was. I didn't know his name was Mike. I didn't know he was name was Search. I didn't know he was a rapper. He didn't know anything about me. But we saw each other all the fucking time. And then when we connected, when we met Zebrahead, he was like that. I remember seeing you. He was like, I remember seeing you because it was like you stuck out like a sore thumb. Like it was literally at the time, only me. And MC Search, like, I don't remember ever, ever seeing another white dude. Um, So, you know, like, when we met, when we did Zebra, he was he had something to do with the soundtrack, and he helped me with the DJing and all that shit. There was, like, I remember seeing you. Oh, yeah, you used to have the eight ball jack. Oh, yeah, you used to have, like, the curly fro. And, you know, and then I was like, and then you started rhyming, and it was, like, this thing. So when you see, like, the, the, the other white rappers, is there white rapper beef? Uh, Is, is, is it, like, you respect each other? Because I, I feel like there's sort of, like, I don't know there's like this understanding. I know I used to judge every other white kid like yo, who the fuck are you? In the same sort
2: there's of. There's a way. lot of that. There's a lot of that, and I think there's a lot of that more with my generation than the generation that's coming up now because they're exposed to like there are kids it's coming out normalized. now. Who, it's more normal. Exactly, there are kids coming out now who could have grown up fans of Chris Webby already. Because right. you know I'm right. I'm 29. I've I've got almost a decade in the right. game under my belt at this point. So I think the kids more from my generation. The competitive nature was... Borderline aggressive, you know, so because white rapper on white rapper, yeah, because white rapper we were crime. usually the only ones. I got in you. our respective realm. I know what you mean. And then the internet starts introducing all these other ones to your mind, and you're like, "Well, fuck that guy." Because right. in our mind, it's like there can you're only are special. Be one. Right? You're special. I you got know? you. No, I understand. But it, it's not that way, and that's fucked up, and that's not a good way to see it at all. But I mean, that's kind of how this the is like white
0: rapper it. white rapaport therapy here. Yeah, we're yeah. <laughs> you know, and I,
2: I realized at a certain point because I totally used to see. Things that way and i've since you know tried to just turn a more positive leaf because i I don't know a lot of these guys like they could deserve it just as much as i do i got you you know so but it it is the truth though there has been a lot of uh static between just because you know it's direct competition as well like the game like the world as a whole compares white rappers to each other just like they compare female mcs right you know and it's like they're for real competition. And if they get big, that could affect your what you eat, you know, at the you. end of the day. I got you. So again, it's it's transitioning out of that, but there's still an element of it for sure.
0: Um, all right. So you talk shit. You uh shouted me out in your song uh Raw Thoughts 2. Yes, yes. And it's a shit talking song. You talk shit politics, you talk shit about social, you talk shit about other rappers. Um Where did your shit talking sort of spirit come from? And in regards to shit talking with rappers, have like like that's a slippery slope because rap is like it's not like you're talking about Donald Trump. Like you, you're on tour with these guys. You bump into each other. Like it's you know like whether you know like the bigger ones or the small ones. It's like you guys all sort of cross paths with each other. So the twofold question. Where did your shit-talking spirit come from? And in regard to how do you do it where you're talking shit with rappers, about rappers, where you don't want it to go... Obviously, the worst example is Tupac Biggie. That started from shit-talking. That was, like, bad. Everybody regrets it. Of course. So the spirit and then sort of, like, backing it up. Like, you know, have you had any confrontations from the shit-talking?
2: So in terms of where did I get the shit-talking spirit... I mean, I like I said before, I just don't like to see bullshit and I feel like I have to say something about it. So with the politicians, that's a simple answer right. because fuck these guys. and yeah. And to not call them out, I also, you know, it's so Fuck Donald Trump in the world, but it's like, all right, let's break down his cabinet, though. You know what I mean? Like, this dude is kind of just a bull in a china shop, in my personal opinion. Yeah, he has a lot of power, but I feel like a lot of the evil decisions are coming from the Jeff Sessions's, the Scott Pruitt's. I mean, that fucking piece of shit, destroying. the environment, like, at such a mass scale so quickly, like, it's almost as if he's on a mission to, like, shorten the lifespan of planet Earth. mm mm-hmm. um, And, you know, that's Sarah a big S- fucking Sanders, problem. I yeah. can't
0: fucking stand yeah. her.
2: yeah. She was just talking about that Comey interview and, like, the... I mean, she's a motherfucker, man. And it's just, it's crazy because so many people are misinformed. And I think this two-party system has people picking sides when really it's like, yo, fuck all these. I'm not a Democrat at all because fuck them too. Fuck all these self-serving politicians. They are supposed to represent the people. And what we have is a bunch of career politicians who don't give a fuck about the people because this is what they do. It's not members of society who earn their slot, who the people wanted to put there. Mm-hmm. You got guys like Paul Ryan, like what the fuck? He's a career politician. You know what I mean? Fuck that guy. Fuck all these. Uh, God, I can't stand him. And I just think it's important for people to attack them in their various different ways. Like, just like you do. I do it. You know, put some humor to it so people can get into it. You I know? agree. I agree. And it's important, man, because like this I shit agree. is going on. Like we have to say something. I feel like a duty in my soul to say something. And the way that transitions into the hip hop thing is that I grew up in a great era of hip hop i it changed my life. I completely formed my life path around the music that I loved and held so close and to see where it's going now like hurts my soul. So I feel a duty to call it out and say this this is trash, you know what I mean? like I can't not say something you know it's nothing personal, right? but like it, it's just I don't like it and it's it's like. Almost its own genre now. Which, it, it, like, it is right. If we called it something different, I that would say, be totally cool. I, I don't. If they're so fucking creative, why don't they make up
0: their, their name? Because because <laughs> it's gotten to me. And I'm 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 48, but I I mean it's so far gone. The music is so far gone that it is another music and and it is another genre. And I and I like I literally I don't feel old because I'm like I I know this shit that's still banging. When you hear it, and, and, and there is new music that is coming out that's banging, but I'm For like, sure. this, this other crazy shit, like,
2: there's no soul to it. Exactly, exactly. Like, not everything needs to be super lyrical, you know? ODB was not super lyrical, but he was dope. And, like, some of these kids, like, are dope in right. their own ways, you know? But it's really, it's just this trend. And, you know, only in rap does calling out your competition make you a hater. You know what I mean? Like you right. could be in sports and be saying these things and you know, you're just making an observation. Do
0: people say you're a hater when you- Sometimes. But how could that be? But but, but I don't agree because in rap, that's what this was built on. Exactly. Before there it's was songs, it was battling. Yeah. You know, before before there was Rapper's Delight, it was battling. Absolutely. And, and so like, I don't, but you know, like I call it hate shaming. Motherfuckers want it. Like I get hate shamed all the time for my hate of LeBron James and Tom Brady. Why you hating? I'm like, he's fucking great. Cause he's winning and he ain't on my fucking team. Yeah, yeah. And people yeah. Are like you're you're a hater. You're a hater. Like I'm not a fu- I fucking hated Larry fucking Bird. It's like I fucking hated Reggie Miller. Just like I'm gonna continue to hate fucking Tom Brady the day he gets into the fucking Hall of Fame. I'm always gonna hate that motherfucker. Yeah, yeah. But you know, it's this social media. Like, you're a hater. I'm like I'm not. I and like yeah. no one fuck. But but for some reason, like no one questioned. I talked about it earlier on this pocket. No no one batted an eye. When everybody outside of Boston hated Larry Bird, it was like totally like, of course you hate this motherfucker. But LeBron James are talking shit about other rappers, somehow or another. We've like, grown soft as a society. You're
2: a hater. We've grown soft. Of course as a society. I'm a fucking hater. Yeah. It's and whack and you shit. Know, and that's where it's like, you know, some of that, some of the liberal element. I used to say that I was liberal minded but now where some of these motherfuckers are taking it you can't say shit about anybody or else you're labeled something and you know i'm more liberal in the sense that i think abortion should be legal and encouraged i think gay people should be able to get married right but some of this liberal like you can't say anything without fucking offending somebody or it's crazy it's unbelievable so how do you navigate that as being you just gotta not give a fuck right you have to commit to that right you have to commit to that you know, and if you really do say something that you regret, everybody gets a couple doovers where you're like, you know what, I, I didn't really even mean that, but I'm just shit talking. So, and I should be allowed to do that. Right. It's part I of agree. My thing, I agree. You know,
0: um, you talked about like loving the music. And lo- what was the first song, record that spoke to your heart? Like that, like really sort of like, you know, like just went right, right the dart, right to the middle.
2: I would have to say that was Forgot About Dre and Chronic 2001. Really, like, I, I have then? a. I was in sixth grade, so yeah, Jesus Christ. yeah, man. But and you know, I've since gone back and done my research on what Jesus came before. Christ. But like that was really what got me in. It was it was right around I was like MM when that came out. I mean, you just that's fucking rude. Yeah, I mean, and it's so like crazy them. because like Fuck. you know, I'm young in the grand scheme, but I now feel kind of on the older spectrum of hip hop because it's run now by kids who grew up with the internet you know what I mean since they were babies like I remember when the internet came out at least I think that makes I think that's the biggest generational divide is people who remember life before the internet and people who don't and I see a big personality difference between those two sides so when you fell in love
0: with uh forgot about Dre Eminem Dre when you went back what were the things that spoke to you when you went Back further, like oh man, that's, like old you, Snoop. was that two
2: thousand and one? That well, actually that came out in ninety nine. So two thousand and one came out in ninety nine. Okay, so what were yeah, the other I mean, things Pop that Biggie, were speaking? Uh, to? You know, old exhibit, uh, Snoop, like really, Busta. You oh, know, bro. like quality shit. Like it, and to watch the evolution, I loved the era of you know Dre working with Storch. I thought the beats of that era were very. Very musical and poignant, um, but you know, Nas, right. yeah, like early J, like it's there was such good shit coming out, and that's part of my perspective in this this grand scheme of hip hop perspective that I have. And to go back on what you said about the confrontation thing and what what would I do, it's really like this is a competition, right? You know, and I'm not a thug. I never claim to be. Right. I never am threatening anyone with violence, right? You know, I'm simply pulling their card as a rapper, right. and if you want to say something back, like, let's do it on wax, like, right, that's right, right. let's have some fun, right. it doesn't need to be, I hate you, like, this is like, we're just fucking around, I got that's you. what this is, you know? But you guys, I mean, we're so
0: connected now, it's it's incredible, like, I, I've i learned so much from the internet in, in the last, just the last year, like, I've talked shit, once you're doing I, well
2: on Instagram, my friend, but
0: once once I started talking about Trump, like you know, it was it was LeBron and Trump, those are the two polarized. It's so stupid too. It's like LeBron James and Donald Trump. Once I once I started talking politics, forget about it.
2: Yeah. It was like, you know, like, Well, there's such a well now of of people and things to talk about. It's unbelievable. It, you know what's going on right now. It's just every day there's something to talk shit about. But we're also connected, and you
0: guys in the rap community, the participants, not the yes. judges over yes, here yes, like yes. on the sidelines. You're you're also it's just I think it's interesting because you, you you guys travel, there's tours, there's concerts. You know, and and I mean, there's like I remember when uh, you know there's a wrestling element to it, and I hope it continues to be a wrestling element. And no one there there shouldn't be fighting. There should there could be beef and There could be you suck, and then I think it should end at that because obviously we we were we learned yes, our lessons. Yes,
2: a hundred percent, hundred percent. I the, you know it, it was this. There's always been a gangster element to hip hop. You know, absolutely. but I've always made sure to like. Never portray that. You know what I mean? Like, right. that's. I'm not about that life. I you know you. what I mean? But I am about that hip hop life. Like, I got you. And I've done my time. I've earned my stripes. I've been doing this a long time. I got. 13 or 14 projects I think you know from the mixtape days I was actually the first one to crash datpiff.com which was like the big website right for, for mixtapes and I crashed their website from so many fans trying to get my mixtape back in 2010 that's dope you know so it's like it's been a journey man and I, I'm doing it the independent route and so, it takes so a lot that? longer
0: explain the business of hip-hop from your point of view why the independent route the mixtapes then are not as prominent as they are now Um, Like explain the business of what you've learned about the business of hip hop and essentially how you make money if you're an independent artist today.
2: Well, it's changed a lot even since I've been in the game. Uh, You know, mixtapes was it for the longest and streaming came out. You know, it was like mixtapes and albums and then streaming just came through and fucked up everything. But. You can also learn to, you got to learn to use it, you know what I mean? Use it to your advantage, exactly. And I've learned, uh, it's like Spotify, my numbers are, I make good money on Spotify, you know? Yeah, it's point whatever, whatever of a penny for every stream, but you rack up enough of those fucking pennies, you know? You're making decent money, so I've really worked on building out that audience. But yeah, I mean, basically, you got your three streams of revenue as an independent artist, at least The three basics that you should be making, period, once you have a fan base. And that's off the music, you know. So you got your YouTube money, your Spotify money, Apple Music, iTunes, etc. Then you got touring, which is, you know, the lifeblood. You know, that's where you can make a good bit. But that's also a fucking grind, and it beats the shit out of you. In terms of what? Health. Mental and physical. (laughs) You know, it's exhausting shit. I did a two-month tour. I was the main opener for Tech 9 Okay. And that, I mean, like, I've done a lot of tours on my own, but that was mentally trying. Um, but so it was what the is best like, time of my life.
0: What but, is it like city to city? Like, explain, give me a week,
2: like, if you so can remember. on that tour, you're in a bus. So, you just wake up in a new city every day. You sleep on the bus overnight as it drives. When I tour myself, we get a hotel room because we're in a van. You know, we're in, a, like, a, a nice Sprinter van, but nonetheless, not a big, luxurious bus because that's a little out of my pay grade. But, Got you. Um, when you're on a bus... Yeah, you just wake up in a new city, have meet and greet, get breakfast, fucking, you know, bide your time until you go on stage. Uh, doing it my way is a little more rugged. You got to, like, wake up, drive. It's intense, man. And, you know, you got to do it. And being on stage and the fans interacting and loving it, like, that makes it all worth it. But it's it's fucking intense. And what about, like, Europe? I'm fascinated by... Never been. You never been to Europe? Never been, man. I've done the U.S. so many fucking times. I just did Australia for the first time, and that was my first all right. First so that's overseas. fucking okay. So yeah. you went,
0: so you're in, you're in Australia, and you
2: have fans over there. Oh yeah, and I have fans in Europe too. It just like hasn't happened yet. But is that crazy to you? Like fucking you're- nuts, man, nuts. And just being in Australia, bro. That like I've wanted to go there since I was a kid. I'm obsessed with animals, and like Australia is like. Did you see any kangaroos? I had to go to a zoo. Like, we didn't have enough time to go into the Outback, and I said, I'm not leaving this place. Like, they didn't have, like, place. a kangaroo section at the shows and Dude, shit? Dude, I thought, like, they're just kind of around, but, like, there's a lot of them, apparently. But you got to go out of the cities, and we had five shows in a row, and you had to fly to each one because they were, you know, you can't just drive. Right. So it was it was intense, but it was fucking awesome. I did a shoey which is uh, a thing out there where you drink out of a shoe. Uh. So what happened was, you know, some people were putting up their shoe. I I drink Jameson on stage every time. Um, So I was pouring some of my Jameson into their shoes. They're drinking it. And then one of them handed me the shoe, so I refilled it. And then he just pointed at me. And then the crowd started going, shoe-wee, shoe-wee. Dude, this, uh, wait, this wait, 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 wait. Shoe.
0: time, time, time. <laughs> Out of the shoe that they're
2: wearing? Out of the shoe that this motherfucker was wearing. And when I, dude, this shoe was like lawn yard work shoe. Like I don't even know if he was wearing socks. I did it because I crumble under peer pressure. Yeah. What the fuck are you gonna do, There's You going, got well, a crowd telling you to do anything, you're probably gonna do it. You know, they, like, they came to see you perform. Yeah. You need
0: to fucking do the shoe. And shoeing. I'm in Australia
2: for a show. Well right, you're
0: fucking hyped and, yeah. out of your fucking mind. But let
2: me tell you something. Um yeah that, there was a lot of like granular uh you know it's felt like it was some sand and probably like little hair particles. So I, I you know I kind of shook it off on stage. Woke up the next morning with, like, some of the... Probably the most intense diarrhea I've ever had in my entire life. Was it from the shoey? I mean, it's gotta be. Like It's gotta be the shoes. It's gotta be the fucking shoey. And then, you know, to even continue that story a little further, we go to the airport and, you know, had a little, like, pant malfunction when I was trying to go take a piss. Because it just wouldn't stop. I got you. you I've know? been there. It, it was, uh, <laughs> it was fucking bad. I've been there. But at everybody the same time, everybody knows I've been there. I'm like, fuck it. I'm in Australia. You know, yeah. I got a little shit stain right on the side of my pants. But what are you gonna fucking do? Hey, It happens to the best of <laughs> us. Does, you're lucky. Does. All you have was a shit stain. Yeah. So, so
0: do you wanted like what's your summer schedule in
2: terms uh, of? It, I'm gonna have I think an east and a west coast little tour run. Um, Nothing. What I got to do right now is get reacclimated because this is kind of like the second go-around of my career, because I had a whole run, ended up splitting with my management, a lot of things got fucked up, and the only consistent there was I still had a fan base, so it was all good, but I realized that I had to take over from him and run everything and i I managed myself for like all of 2016 Uh and i learned how the fucking business works i fixed the financial situation did you feel liberated by that absolutely absolutely so now with my whole operation from all sides of it from the distribution company to management to business management to producers video guys i am involved in the process for everything because that's the only way i'm going to get the result i want especially with the fucking money because you know there was a lot coming in, and you know, to wake up one day and there's really nothing in there—that's a shock to the system. I got but, you. You know, I I figured it out in 2017. I dropped content every single Wednesday, right, starting in March with Webby Wednesday, and you know, back on my feet, feeling good.
0: Was that the response to that? Was that was that like a cool thing to crazy, get that man. response?
2: It was crazy consistency in dropping singles nowadays. You know, when you're just like hammering people with content, period. You know, same goes for Instagram. You know, you gotta. You got to stay consistent with it. So I've got a nice little batch of stuff up the up the sleeve for this year too. Um, but yeah, yeah, it's it's been a crazy ride for me. It's been very intense, and I've learned a lot. And I've learned some shit that they just can't teach you in school. I you got you. you. Just like you got to learn about people, and this industry is full of a lot of a lot of snaky ones. Oh, my God.
0: There's and, a fucking lot of them. I mean, the music, show business in general. Yeah, There's, man. I mean, every fucking where, every god... Ah. So, uh,
2: I give my phone number out entirely too much. And, yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. But I've stuck to my New Year's resolution, which is if it's not put in my phone, I don't answer it.
2: Yeah, yeah. I don't answer a number that I don't ever, ever. Because if it's like that important, it, you'll get a hold of me. You know, you'll get a hold of me if it's that important. Yeah, exactly. And it, we don't need to talk. You could text me. Yeah. And and if it's if
0: it's if it's a fishy text, I don't have to respond. Exactly. They, like they, like when they they punish you when they get you on the phone. It's a whole other level of, uh, yes. I feel violated. Yes. And I feel like a sucker when I do it. Yeah, because sometimes you get talked into shit and you're like, 90 fucking more. Yo, yeah, no. yeah, yeah, I feel no. you, I feel you. No's
2: a good thing. Can't do it, good luck, wish you luck, sounds great, not for me, It's yes. a great line. Absolutely, and I had to learn that because I'm just kind of like a nice kid. As much as, Fuck you know, that. I can be a shit talker and no. whatever, I am a nice kid. Could, you know what, but this sounds learn. great, good luck, this is not for Absolutely. me, sorry.
0: Bah, bah, bah. now i'm gonna hang up now because you didn't get it the first time yeah 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 all right i want to play a little word association with you all right um eminem
2: uh what does he mean to you he is really the reason that i'm doing this actually i'm wearing an anger management tour shirt right now i got at the the flea market yesterday which that's a good M- that's a good cop yeah yeah and um man i yeah man it's the slim shady days like that that was like my obi-wan kenobi like eminem really was and i would say shady specifically that piece of him and i studied it you know i studied a lot of rappers obviously you know from dmx to all these guys but but eminem was the one that allowed me to understand that i could do it being a white guy because before that like there was no reference point yeah of course there were the beastie boys etc there were there were white rappers beforehand but that's the one that Really was like this can be done and this can be done to the highest magnitude of of skill set. Yes. you know, and you can earn respect if you are that good. Absolutely, uh, Takashi six nine, who
0: like I, you know, this guy is so polarizing, and you know, you would think I would have a lot to say about him. Maybe it's because he's from Brooklyn. I have a soft spot in front of him, and and I'm starting to get to the point where it's like, who the fuck? Are, like these are kids. To me, it's like I'm getting to the point where like. Do your fucking thing.
2: But he's one that like, I mean, people are like, I mean, he's, he's polarizing. He's very polarizing. But you know what he is, is a character. And like when, I said when before, talk about When you talk about it in regards to wrestling. Yes, exactly. Exactly. So the way I see it, you either got to have the skill set or you got to be a character. I'm more of a skill set guy. I'm, I'm more reserved. I'm not like in your face. My hair is not, I don't have tattoos on my face, you know, all, all this crazy shit. But you know but I, I practice my skills and he is a character very much so he's entertaining to watch you're just what's he gonna do next I get it I understand it it's not for me but I wouldn't point a finger at him before a lot of other guys you know um slim Jesus oh God I'm glad that came and went that came and went right yeah yeah and that just goes to show like that was the most talked about thing for like four days. You know? It's insane. And then it, it went away. But I mean, that goes to show he didn't have either one of those things. Right, I agree. I mean, he was a character in the sense that it was like, oh my God, what the fuck am I watching? But it wasn't because he was no so engaging. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Uh, Rakim. Oh my God. Like the originator of multi-syllable rhyme schemes like absolutely set the foundation for the way people rapped beyond him.
0: Do you, when you listen to music, like, you know, because you, I could tell you, you studied just the way you articulated uh, the, the Rakim. Do you look at it like sort of mathematically? Do you look at it verse for verse? Like when you're studying like a Rakim or a Nas or even an MM, like how are
2: you listening to it and, and understanding it beyond just like, oh, this is a cool song? Well, when it comes to, like I was just saying, the multi-syllable rhyme schemes, there's definitely an element of math to that in terms of how the syllables line up. And you could have, you know, a six-syllable rhyme scheme. And that's like super impressive. And and there is like certain flows have an element of mathematic uh, intuition to them. You know, like the way Tech Nine raps. Those syllables are all fit in there so they line up perfectly. And he's just like a master with that chopper style. You know, so a lot of what's hot now, there's a lot less math to it. But sometimes when I'm writing verses, yeah, it's like you got to fill these certain amount of gaps with syllables, and you want to make those syllables hot. But that's the way it's going to ride the beat rate. You know, there's a bunch of ways to write. That's that's one of that's one of the tools that I play upon sometimes.
0: No, I, I again, like I said, I like I know I just I'm so fascinated by that shit that you're talking about because I I have no understanding of it, but I have such respect for it.
2: Yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Uh, J Cole. Super dope. He's uh, he's one of the better storytellers, probably like in hip hop history, and definitely one of the bright lights <clears throat> in modern day uh, uh, hip hop. Lil Xan.
0: <laughs> I mean, he's All another I gotta one. Say about that.
2: <laughs> I mean, Tupac that, is boring. Get the fuck out of here, bro! Little little fucking. Yeah,
0: that was another one where yeah. it was like that. Like the world stopped. Yeah. I was. I mean, the fucking world stopped. I mean, and it should. You know, and again, like, and then that. They respect,
2: start- like I said, respect. Takashi has not come out and said anything disrespectful. No, he disrespectful knows. He knows what's about up. those that came. Before I can him. tell he knows what's up. Yeah, and like whether it was a publicity stunt, whether it or was I this. whether think it was just it was a that. young
0: kid saying something stupid. But show fucking respect. I agree. You should know better. I
2: totally. You should you know. You have fucking a big better.
0: platform. You should know better. I I totally fucking agree. Absolutely. I totally fucking no agree.
2: excuse. He doesn't have to listen to Tupac. He's so young that I can understand where that came before him. That would you be. should just know better.
0: Yeah. This is what we're gonna do. We're gonna do uh, the first ever, because uh, uh, because I love when you like the shows I've seen you on. I don't know, aside sway like the last joint you were on sway. When was that, by the way? That, that was, was January. That was oh, January. That was recently.
2: Yeah. That was like you know got a lot of attention. I love. Yeah, it when went you, viral. That was the first time I've ever gone viral. How did like, that feel fully. to go viral? Like that? fucking sick, and and for it to be something like that. And I'm talking about all these mumble rappers and and to see it connect and mad people be like, you know what? Finally, s- someone's fucking saying something. You were one of the first people to specifically rap about mumble rappers. And, you weren't just and talking. People, about- There's a lot of people who want to hear that. And just like you said, like, yeah, we're talking about Lil Xan. But like, a lot of people are just talking. We're talking about it like, yo, fuck him. He should not have said that. We are scolding him. All right, here we go. Chris Webby. You ready for some shit? Hell yeah, I'm excited. Hey. Yeah. Yeah. Webby. My DNA litty Frame skinny And brain witty With weed in my jeans My mom's a stray hippie uh. Keep a tight circle Of those that I bring With me uh. East side Rockin' Timberland boots And we bang biggie uh. You dig me Pullin' up while puffin' a sticky With a bird Like I got some Snuffleupagus in me Getting faded Every single time I come to your city I'll be up at the local bar Like always sunny in Philly uh. Keep it 150 Yeah No little dicky Bitch I'm medium size Doing whatever is needed For my piece of the pie Jacked up on so many any damn amphetamines that I believe I can fly. Brain and pinky with the scheme I devised. Disobedient mind making G's on the grind. Uh. Baby, make your head nod. Put your seat in recline with that throwback steez like somebody learned to freeze it in time. Prince of Persia with the meanest of rhymes. An MC in his prime. You feel me? What you see though? The great Bambino. Knock it out the park with an adulterated primo. Marlo Stanfield got that work for the fiends and I'm racking up streams uh. making Spotify C notes. My fam is so Italian, my Uncle was Vito, Corleone Shit you could ask my cousin Pacino A pesci up in casino, we toast a cup of Divino, cause see us guineas go back Like Barney Rubble and Dino, yeah Uh. I mean Yo, yo, you don't really wanna See these lyrics in action, they only talk About me quiet cause they fear my reaction And on the mic, actual fire Appears when I'm rapping. it's no coincidence I was born in the year of the dragon 1988, Uh. see, a veteran Millennial with ADHD And the headiest of medical, respect me As the general or I'm cracking your skeleton and smash your ventricles With the force of the Kraken's tentacles I hope you're flexible Been doubted by every board and panel And record executive Tastemaker and blog writer Who saw my channel So now I'll put them on blast I'm on that Stormy Daniels Roman candle I'm that firecracker Flying off the handle Tony Soprano Boss of the bosses Stacking up that money Till I got the corner office Stacking all this fat in wallets Take my piece And then I give a chunk To some environmental causes And save the dolphins They think I'm illustrated Rocking it tank top. Tats looking like I'm getting sponsored by GameStop. Super Mario, I keep that fireball flame hot. Sewer drain hot from Peach Castle to Bangkok. Let the bass not to grimy me to fight it. Getting faded from the second that my fire's ignited and I'll still be showing up even if I ain't invited. Shit, you gon' have to drag me off like I was flying United. Yeah, cause I'm that legend <laughs> of the hidden temple. I spit it mental on an instrumental. Do it for the culture. Fuck if I'ma win a medal. that I get a Grammy. I'ma never find that shit essential. I'm just here to watch these rappers sweating when I grip a pencil. Influential as I'm serving rap caviar, you know, having bars, spitting flows, fucking rapping hard. And Lil Xan looks like a lesbian muppet, but since I'm cutting back on drugs, I'ma only give them half a bar. Tupac is not boring. XXL just keeps making lists. Whether freshmen or otherwise, I ain't been on shit. I've been waiting for a lot of years to say this, so here we go. Uh, double XL, suck my dick. Uh. Goddamn, that felt good. I just had to mention it. I know that written print is in decline. They ain't selling shit, and now they're barely grasping onto any shred of relevance. But their fall from grace is something I would love to help them with. This shit is effortless. I'll never let them take my passion from me. Even here and now, when finally I'm stacking money. Cause it's still the same Webby I ain't acting funny I'm still out here writing chapters And how to rap for dummies Cause I'm here to talk shit About the whole damn globe Bitch put them in a Conan choke grip If you can't see that I'm the truth Then I'ma change y'all focus It's Wednesday So put the whole game on notice I am Rappaport Podcast Bitch Ah, 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 That was fucking dope That was fucking
0: dope Yeah That That was fucking dope And that's actually... Chris Webby. Yes, yes. Uh, That was fucking dope. Thank you, man. Double XL
2: Magazine. Yep. They never put you on shit? They never put me on shit, man. You know, and it's it's cool. Like, the freshman shit, I should have had it a lot of years back then. But, you know, I had swallowed that. But when I saw a list of the top 10 hottest freestyles of 2018, and I wasn't on it, and this was like in March, and I had that viral freestyle on Sway, it's just like, you know what? Last straw. Fuck them. (laughs) <laughs> like, I mean, they never put me in shit. I don't assume they ever will. They ain't doing me any fucking favors, so fuck them. Um, all right, listen. Fuck a lot of people, you know? Yeah, fuck a lot of people, man. <laughs> fuck them. So
0: what, what's coming up for you? What's next? Uh, what's the summer going to bring to you uh, uh, 2018?
2: So basically, I am about to start dropping content on Wednesdays. You know, last year I did the every Wednesday thing. This year I'm going to do the a lot of Wednesday thing. Right. You know, I'm still going to do a lot of shit. Instead of like... Having it set up week by week, I more have a set amount of tracks that I'm going to drop by the end of the year. I got um, you. Because I, I want to take my time. You know, last you. year I did that. It was impressive. I can always say that I did it. Um, but this year, yeah, it's still going to be a lot of content. And I'm starting in uh, May. So I, I'm excited, man. I got a lot of shit up my back, uh, up my back pocket, man. Like some crazy shit. All right, dope. Yeah. All right, I'm all listen, fired up from rapping. Man. Hell I, get yeah, that fucking, was
0: fucking... I get going. All right, Chris Webby, I am Rapport Stereo Podcast. I appreciate you coming man, through. Thank you for having me. Um wish you continued success. uh Wednesdays, Webby Wednesdays. Take that shit over. Do your thing. Go to fucking Europe. Are you I married? Got to. Got you. No. Go no. to fucking Europe and get I mean, I got work. a girlfriend. Okay. I got a girlfriend. Okay, 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 fine. And we'll a puppy. Go over there,
2: make money and, and, and have a great, a great Absolutely time. though. No, I dude, I just wanna see the world. I watch uh the, the Anthony Bourdain show a lot and it's just like man That dude is living the life. Go
0: over there and eat something. Yes. Let me know what it's like. I would love
2: to. Come back, come back in the fall when you're done. Yes. Sounds good. Chris Webby. My man.
0: All right. I want to thank Chris Webby for coming to rock, kicking that shit on the I Am Rap Poor Stereo podcast. G Moody, whose last name rhymes with duty. Three time podcast co host of the year. It's the I Am Rap Poor Stereo podcast. I told you once, I'll tell you again. All Buttersoft I am Rapport Stereo Podcast t-shirts are available at districtlines.com forward slash I am rap report, including the sucker shit t-shirt, including mm. the Wasteland t-shirt, and the entire Buttersoft I Am Rapport Stereo Podcast
1: T-shirt collection. Miles Jordan, take us the out rap. of here. What? Rap-Wait, wait. I got I want to tell you this. I got a, a, a great message from some, some people, man. And I, I wanna you I you wanna shout them out as well. From Sweden, um, we got some fans there and there's a there's a, um, a a father who's had two strokes and he's in a nursing home with his son and they listened to the podcast and the, the son reached out to me and said, the father can't speak or anything, but they laugh together on our banter. So it's the nursing home is uh, 136 in Sweden. The father's name, we want to give him a shout out, his name is Mats Bark. And all the nurses in there, they they like they listen to us, they like us. And the nurses, Wale, hope I'm saying it right, and Parissa, want to shout y'all out. And the pops, hope all is well. Hope you get get better, man.
0: That's a beautiful way to end the show. Again, I want to thank Chris Webby. I want to uh, wish my man over there in Sweden get better soon. I know what that's like. Fans of the Iron Rapport Stereo Podcast, you know where to find us. on social media. Rate, review, give us all that love. It's the Iron Rapport Stereo Podcast. Miles, Jordan, take us out with something funky. Take us out with something real nice, something real proper. I'm done. Peace.